Live from the 607 is the ODPH Entertainment Edition, where we're talking movies, comics, TV, and more. Why don't you join in the conversation? Hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back to another edition of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, hashtag ODPH Podcast. I am your host, Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, it's Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. Folks, it is that time of year. Con! San Diego Comic-Con is upon us. It is by far and away the biggest media event of the year, arguably when you're at Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one, you know, it's one of the biggest like you said, one of the biggest events of the year if you are a movie, TV series or comic book company, video game company, you're probably going to be here. From its beginnings in 1970 to where it is now, all eyes are going to be on San Diego this weekend if you're mm-hmm. into pop culture. I don't even like saying geek or nerd culture because right. quite frankly, Needing your nerd and geek culture is pop culture. Yep. So you, all eyes are on pop culture this weekend in San Diego. It is the centerpiece where you're going to be looking for all the late breaking news. This is where companies make or break their products coming out. I mean, from comic book hype to TV shows and movies, San Diego means so much. And like I say, it is arguably the biggest weekend mm-hmm. for pop culture of the year. Uh, yeah, if you're a comic book fan, you know, TV fan, movie fan, you know, like the Marvel movies, you like DC movies, you like, you know, whatever it ends up being, your news feeds and your Twitter feeds are going to be filled with a lot of goodness this weekend. Absolutely. Like I say, this one, it rivals with New York Comic Con because yeah. San Diego has a tendency to focus on more movies mm-hmm. than New York and right. by any by any comparison. But not to say New York is not as important because trust me, it is. We'll be down there, but that's beside the point. But as we go into it every year, we start digging into where you should go for San Diego Comic-Con. What we think is going to be the big panels, the big presentations, the things that you need to know about as you're going out there. If you are in line at Hall H, because some people are already lining up. Which doesn't surprise me at all. Doesn't surprise at all, because obviously as we get into the show, there is the return of Marvel Studios. Uh-huh. And everybody knows that they make a big announcement Every time they walk into Hall uh-huh. H. They don't do things half you know what. They go, they go full tilt. They go full tilt. So we are devoting the entire show to get you primed and ready for San Diego Comic-Con. You know the drill. Hit us up on our social medias. You can find them on OchoDuroParlayHour.com. Use the hashtag ODPH. Join in the conversation because let's waste no more time. It's San Diego. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to start off, uh, things start off on Wednesday, 9 p.m. There's just a couple of things going on, but the one thing that stuck out to us is you have premiere screenings of the upcoming Batwoman TV series uh, from the CW, the Pennyworth uh, TV series from Epics, E-P-I-X, uh, plus uh, stuff from the 100 and Rooster Teeth. So th- uh, that's at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And now all the times are going to read our Eastern times. So that if you're one of us on our friends on the East Coast time, that's the times you can kind of look for on Twitter, or Facebook or whatever to start hitting. Uh, adjust as needed for other time zones. Uh, that's kind of all for Wednesday. And then Thursday, my goodness gracious, good grief almighty, there is a lot going on this day. Uh, worth noting, uh, starting off on, at 1 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, you have a panel about the 
new Transformers comic series from IDW slash Hasbro. So I know a lot of Transformers fans and grew up on the series and still fans of the series to this day. So that's definitely something to check out if you are a fan of that series. Uh, interesting one because you never know what could come out of this. Uh, this is one of those ones that like you read it, you're like, oh, okay, but then you can think about it. There's going to be something to it. Uh, there's going to be a panel with Jim Starlin discussing the Infinity Gauntlet saga, the comic. Uh, that you know he so famously worked on at 1 p.m. So you never know what could come out of panels like that. That's one that you might see something, and they might have a story that you never heard of before. There's some little tidbit, you know, us as the general public may not have known about the panel. Yeah, it's one of those panels, and like I said, this one jumped out to us because if you've been a fan of Endgame, which I mean, who hasn't? Yeah, I mean, it's going to arguably overtake Avatar at some point. No, it's gonna if if the money keeps going the way it is, it's going to overtake Avatar by the end of next week. Right. So everybody has seen Endgame, and if you really want the backstory and the great comic story, like I say, when it debuted, it really defined the Marvel Cosmic mm-hmm. Universe, which had been a little quiet, in my opinion, yeah. prior to. Yeah. But this was just such an epic crossover, and it touched upon every corner of the MCU. Now, granted, mm-hmm. for the Avengers movie, they couldn't bring in the Fantastic Four and right. X-Men due to le- right. you know movie legal rights and such. But this showed just when the whole MCU gets together for such an event and what happens and how well mm-hmm. it's written and drawn by Ron Lim and the covers by George Perez. But um, I, I mean, I could just rave about it. Yeah. But this is just one that if you really want to find out the story behind the creation of such an iconic story, get to that panel. Because mm-hmm. this is just like a tip of the iceberg. It's like some of the other panels that you're going to see that maybe don't get the hype. Yeah. That, I mean, obviously, Hall H gets all the attention. Oh, yeah. But there are some other great panels going yeah. on, too. Yeah. Uh, moving on, one thing of note, uh, Popeye's got a 90th anniversary panel. 90? Yep. Yeah, Popeye's 90. Holy. Like, I know we talk about Batman being you know, his anniversary and Superman's anniversary and Spider-Man and Iron Man and the rest of them. Popeye's one that flies under the radar because that is uh, he's up there in terms of, like, recognizable characters, you know, with your, your Batman, your Superman, your Spider-Mans and what have you. So they're going to be having a 90th anniversary panel at 1.15 p.m., uh, kind of looking back at, at the entire history of Popeye. So that, that'd be that's kind of cool to see. Uh, Moving on, you've got a Funimation My Hero Academia panel where they will discuss the hit anime series featuring English voice actors Justin Briner, who plays Deku, Clifford Chapin, who plays Bakugo, and professional football players Marcus Davenport of the New Orleans Saints and Adam Geddes of the Atlanta Falcons. Not sure how they tie into it, but I'm guessing they're huge fans of the series. Gotta be huge fans. Uh, the, uh, and they will uh, show up- upcoming episodes from season four that's coming will be screened. That's at 1.30 p.m. Uh, the interesting note of this, and I bring the reason I bring this up is I, you know, I haven't watched My Hero Academia, but I'm aware of it. I remember last year at New York Comic Con, you had the Bandai Namco booth on the one side of the floor for uh show floor for new york comic-con where they had the ace combat thing they had something else going and then they had a video game where you could play uh the my hero academia video game early there was a line that was capped for that every day we were there so there is a vast you know and huge audience and fan base for my hero academia and the other reason i bring it up is there's talk that i guess there's an upcoming film that might be the last thing they do for My Hero Academia. It sounds like it's almost going to be ending here soon. It's it's heavily rumored. I know when we had last year for Cosmotober, uh, Scott Dixon was down to New York Comic Con dressed up, and that was like this whole mm-hmm. idea was talking about with that. I mean, it does have a very big following, yeah. and there has been some rumblings that the next film that comes out is going to be the end of the story. It hasn't been officially confirmed, but right. it's going to be one that if you are a fan of My Hero Academia, 
you want to get to it. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get to it, you know, one thirty p.m. Eastern time is when you might start hearing stuff on Twitter or seeing stuff on Facebook come out about it. Uh, moving on, you got our first big Hall H panel uh, with Terminator Dark Fate uh, footage. Of course, will be shown from the film. Uh, presumably, all the stars and everything are going to be there. So that's one to look out for if you're a Terminator fan or you're kind of interested in what's coming from the movie like I am. Uh, that's coming at 2 p.m. Yeah, that one, I, I got to admit, I, I did see the trailer. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I, I really don't know what to expect at this stage, but I know Linda Hamilton's coming back to mm-hmm. be Sarah Connor, which... Yep. I mean that's crazy to me, but I'm I'm digging it and oh, yeah. and just where they're gonna go with it. I mean at this stage, Terminator has definitely gone through some highs and lows. I mean Terminator mm-hmm. Two, you have to throw up there. Yeah, oh, yeah, one of the best movies of all time, and yeah. that did revolutionize kind of how you did sci-fi movies yes. to a degree. Yes, just with the CGI of the liquid Terminator and just how they progressed it forward. And obviously, it's had some mixed reactions after that with some of the following movies. Mm-hmm. So this one, really interested to see how they're gonna spin the story, but I'm definitely. Really interested to see how this one comes out. Yeah. After that, you've got a DC Meet the Publishers panel with Dan Dido and Jim Lee at 2.30 p.m. This is going to be real interesting because this could be one of those panels where they just start announcing stuff left, right, and center that we had no idea was coming. Right. Especially, I think we're going to hear a lot more. My unofficial ODPH guess is you're going to hear a lot more about the Black Label mm-hmm. and some books that are coming out about that. I know I was going to save yeah. this for one-shots later, but John Carpenter apparently is going to be writing a Joker book under yeah, the... Yeah, that John Carpenter. Yeah, that John Carpenter. So... I would imagine going to this, if you've ever gone to one of the Meet the Publishers panels Mm -hmm. and they start talking about everything, if you were a fan of the comic universe, more so than the movies and TV, they really focus back down to the comics. You're going to find out a lot of information about the storylines coming up. And there's so much good that's been going on at DC lately, too. Yeah, I would kind of equate this to when we went to the the DC animated movies panel at New York Comic Con last year. And they just started announcing, oh, hey, yeah, so they showed uh, clips for the Superman movie that came out uh, at the end of last year. And they were just like, oh, yeah, hey, somebody, I think somebody asked, oh, what have you got work coming down the pike? What are you guys working on? And then they just started naming stuff. So you could have a situation like that. Right. And especially with Dio and uh, Lee and, and attendance, too, you're going to hear a lot of stuff coming mm-hmm. out. And it's going to be something that, as a fan, you can't be nothing but excited about. Yeah. Uh, moving on, this is interesting because it's a comic book company not named Marvel or DC lasting a good number of years. Uh-huh. It is IDW Publishing, the next 20 years. Uh, they bill it as, quote, setting the course for the next 20 years of comics and more. IDW Editor-in-Chief John Barber leads a lively panel looking behind the scenes at what's coming next and how they're getting there. Featuring New York Times bestselling author Delilah Dawson, Surfside Girls Kim Dwinnell, and more favorites, plus top-secret panelists take talking mind-blowing new projects, all this in a no-holds-barred Q&A taking place at 3 p.m. So there you go. No, a, a comic company not named Marvel or DC making it 20 years and saying, hey, here's what we got the next 20. Yeah, Comic-Con or comic-con.org with all that preview information, too. And yeah, that mm-hmm. is really interesting to see that, you know, and, and I'm very happy to see, too, that a comic company not named Marvel, not named DC, but you to go around for 20 years, especially in in this day and age is truly something to yeah. see. And I, I mean, I applaud it very much. Yeah. This one, next one near and dear to my heart, uh, Batman beyond the 20th anniversary panel, uh, which reads come celebrate the series 20th anniversary with many members of the creative team behind the, the breakthrough production, including producers, Bruce, Tim and Glenn Murakami, eight time Emmy award winning casting dialogue director, Andrea Romeo Romano, excuse me, director, James Tucker writers, Bob Goodman and Stan Berkowitz. Uh, and the acting stars of the series, including Kevin Conroy, Will Friedel, and the voices of Batman, as the voices of Batman and Terry McGinnis, respectively, uh, stay to the end 
for some exclusive prizes and cool announcements. That's taking place at 3.15. My guess with this is you're, if it hasn't been already, and I can't remember if it has or not, the two because I want to say it's two seasons, uh, we'll get a Blu-ray re-release. What I'm hoping from this is the announcement that they're either going to A, do another run of Batman Beyond. Which I would be all for. Which, why not? Yeah, it's a great series. And especially there's so much more stories you can tell, and especially with how Terry McGinnis has been in the comics. I mean, there's mm-hmm. they have done a couple of Batman Beyond books, but yeah. just to kind of see where they could go with it, I think it would be really interesting at this stage of the game. Yeah. And plus, I am still going to throw that karma out there. I mentioned this for Batman 89. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it again. If they have a Q&A and somebody from the ODPH Society can hear me out there, can they please bring it up? Could we do, get a live-action Batman Beyond movie? Mm-hmm. And I definitely say throw Michael Keaton in there, but yeah. Kevin Conroy yeah. and Wilfredo got to be in there in some way, yeah. too. Yeah. Let's make this happen. Let's get a vocal, and let's see where the energy goes with this. I also wouldn't say no to another animated movie because, yes, you know, uh, Terry McGinnis showed up in the, I want to say it was the season or series finale of Justice League Unlimited, but outside the one animated movie, Return of the Joker, he's that's the one movie he's been in. Like, it's a, it's a character severely lacking in animated movies, in my opinion. Don't get me wrong, Return of the Joker is a fantastic film, and if you haven't seen it, watch it. But I, I, I want to see something come out of this where it's like, hey, you got something coming down the line. Well, I think the fact they're at Hall H, and I definitely yeah. think that that is a big sign that we're going to hear a major announcement of mm-hmm. some sort, whether it's a re-release or of some, some sort of the show. Or like I said, I'm just kind of throwing the energy out there. Maybe we'll get like a limited run again. Yeah. Well, why not? Uh, moving on, you've got a new series from Netflix coming down called The Order, which is taking place in Hall H, uh, featuring Jake Manley, Sarah Gray, Adam Morocco, Devery Jacobs, Thomas Elms, Catherine Isabel, Larisa Taranko, and creator showrunner Dennis Heaton, writer and executive producer Shelley Erickson, and executive producers Chad Oaks and Michael Friesley. Uh, they'll premiere a sizzle reel with never-before-seen footage that's taking place at 3.30 p.m., so something to look forward to with Netflix. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see, especially with all the news going on about HBO Max, which Mm -hmm. we talked about last week. So I guess this is the next phase of Netflix. Does that make sense to say? Yeah, next phase of Netflix. And I know they've also got the rights to do a uh, Chronicles of Narnia series, and they're working on something with that. Thus far, the track record with Netflix taking franchises and adapting them into series is like perfect you know they're batting a thousand if if we're doing the sports show here so i you know if i think this might be a good one to look forward to when it comes down the pike yeah i'm definitely going to be excited about this i just i'm really intrigued to see what the response is going to be because obviously dealing with hbo max and Mm -hmm. how they came out last week and there was a lot of talk even post show from what we recorded to yeah just people stopping me in the street talking about it Mm -hmm. which was you know awesome to do which I like I say, just to kind of hear how they're responding to HBO Max. Yeah, this is going to be a real telling point. I think this weekend for them. Yeah. Uh, moving on, you've got Image Comics bone-chilling insight into best-selling horror comics with W. Maxwell Prince uh, from Ice Cream Man, Porn Sack, Pitch. Pitchote, excuse me if I butchered that name, from Infidel, uh, Dan Waters from Coffin Bound, Jeff Lemire from Gideon Falls. Kieran uh, Gillen from Die and Chuck Brown from Bitterroot discuss their spine-tingling craft and share the secrets to creating some of the darkest, most thrilling comic book series on the market. 
uh, that one taking place at 4 p.m. So that's one to look forward to if you're a horror fan or like some of the horror comics. Definitely. I can see Horror Zone 607 be locked on Twitter on that one about that mm-hmm. that day. But a lot of great talent in that, on that panel, too. A lot of great mm-hmm. talent. Uh, well, moving next, this truly shows that no matter what you want to see at Comic-Con, there's always something for you. This one jumped out to me, and I was like, wait, what? Uh, the panel is called Law of the MCU, and it reads, and this is a direct quote from the comic-con dot, or excuse me, comic-con org site quote 10 years of the marvel cinematic universe have created a, a has created a body of law big enough for nowhere hear from the this panel of judges and lawyers as they journey into legal tales to astonish of how dr strange saved the world with contract law whether bucky Bu- bucky barnes committed treason as the winter soldier and could thanos be prosecuted as a war criminal for the snap a panel of true believers including u.s magistrate judge mitch dembin Megan Hitchcock from Esurance, Courtney McNulty from Sony Pictures Entertainment, Jordan Huper, uh, public defender in Oregon, Christine Peake uh, from McManus Faulkner, and Joshua Gilland from The Legal Geeks will assemble to tackle these issues and more from the Marvel Universe at 4 p.m. This, to me, it just seems wild. And, like, because remember when uh, Avengers 1 came out and, like, New York City got absolutely decimated? And there was an article, like, somebody crunched the numbers on, like, how much money it would cost to rebuild New York from that. Mm-hmm. It's it's stuff like that that kind of, like, makes me giggle. And I'm like, all right, that's fun to read. So you might see some more of that come out of this. It's the one cool thing about Comic-Con that there's panels for everybody. Mm-hmm. That even if you're not so, per se, into the movies, the TV and comics, and you want something different to go see. Yeah. Comic Con has something for everybody, and like I said, this is a prime example because yeah. this is such a unique concept. Like when Pat and I were reading about this, we're like, this is really kind of different. Yeah, and definitely intrigued by it because, mm-hmm. like I say, to break down the legal schematics of the MCU's actions. Yeah, this could this would probably be a really fun panel. Yeah, to go to. yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, you've got a Marvel Games panel uh, featuring looks at the upcoming Ult- Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, the upcoming Iron Man VR game, and of course Marvel Avengers with many unannounced surprises and panel exclusives. Uh, this will be moderated by uh, Greg Miller from KindaFunny.com, uh, so that'll be worth it alone. Uh, and then he will be joined by Bill Roseman, uh, VP and a creative director at Marvel's Games and other panelists. Uh, f- from titles throughout the Marvel Games family that are taking place at 4.30 p.m. So get some more looks at the upcoming uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance game. The Iron Man VR game looks really interesting because you are literally Iron Man in that game. If Look up the tr- game trailer on YouTube. It is wild and kind of makes me want to get a VR headset just for that. And then, of course, you got the Mar- uh, Marvel's Avenger game coming forward and possibly some surprise announcements. Maybe in a, uh, Spider-Man 2 from Insomniac Games. Who knows? Maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm guessing you you might hear that. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing. Oh, so because Insomniac has been, you know, all quiet on the Western Very front, as quiet. the saying goes. Like, outside of them getting a screening of Far From Home with the entire crew that worked on the game, there's really been nothing outside of the, the, DL, the three DLCs they put out for the game. So maybe they're working on another one? I don't know. It's an interesting take, which, I mean, like I say, for them to do a video game panel, especially at Hall H, you yeah. know they're coming with something. Mm-hmm. And Insomniac has been so quiet. Mm-hmm. 
That's why I say when when companies get quiet like yeah. this. Well, say so the only like social media activity they've really been doing is an occasional share of like a bunch of artwork they get sent that they really enjoy. Or I know at least once a week they live stream some video game that they've been playing in the office. Yeah. But in terms of like announcing video games and stuff, they've been real quiet. Yeah. So I would fully expect to hear something major if you're into Marvel video games at this panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. Uh, this one I figured worth mentioning just because when it came out in 1999, I couldn't. I never imagined that I'd be sitting here 20 years later and it's still running. Uh, they're going to have a SpongeBob's Big Birthday Blowout panel. Of course, uh, SpongeBob, the mega popular animated series from Nickelodeon Studios that premiered way back in 1999 when I was just a kid. Yeah, I've got to admit, loved it myself as a kid. It was really funny. Can't believe that we're sitting here 20 years later still having you know new episodes and movies and everything else going around with that. Uh, it will feature, of course, voice actors Tom Kenny as SpongeBob. Uh, Patrick will be there, Squidward, Sandy Plankton, and Mr. Krabs, of course, played by uh, Clancy Brown, uh, taking place at 445. So that'll be that's just wild for me to see. Uh, moving on, the first of many uh, uh, celebrations and tributes for Stan Lee. Of course, we passed away back in uh, November of 2018. Uh, this one uh, taking place at 5 p.m. and will feature Tom DeSanto, who is a producer of X-Men and Transformers, Gil Champion, president of Stan Lee's POW Entertainment and longtime business partner, and Bob Sabuni, uh, CMO of Stan Lee's POW Entertainment and other panels. Panelists will celebrate the life and legacy of Stan Lee and the unique influence he had and will continue to have on fans, creators, and pop culture worldwide. Panelists will share memories of Stan and talk about how he inspired their work and discuss how his legacy will continue to be honored throughout uh, future pro- through future projects and endeavors. Fans will also have an opportunity to express the impact Stan had upon them. So, like I said, the first of many you know tribute panels to Stan Lee. If you have a chance, go check any of them out, all of them out. But that'll be definitely cool to see. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an awesome see. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just so weird that Stan's not going to be here for this one. Yeah, know, but it's, yeah, it's. It's one of those that his fans will mm-hmm. definitely be representing his legacy and just, you know, moving forward with that. And like I said, this will be the first of many tribute panels. And, yeah. and tribute you'll see all throughout Comic-Con for it, which mm-hmm. well-deserved, too, yes. by the way. Yes. Well-deserved. Yes. Uh, moving on, this one, and very interesting one, if you're a big Disney fan or you grew up watching Disney films like I know I did, uh, there is an animator celebrate Disney anniversaries panel. Uh, of course, this year it's is Sleeping Beauty's 60th anniversary, The Little Mermaid's 30th anniversary, Lion King's 25th anniversary, uh, Tarzan's 20th anniversary and the princess and the frog's 10th anniversary. Uh, this one reads quote, talented artists integral to creating these animated classics old and new. will talk about their experience and influence and importance of these features in the history of and future of film. Uh, scheduled to appear are Floyd Norman, who was an animator on sleeping beauty, Jane bear, who was an anim- also an animator on sleeping beauty, Kathy Zelensky, who was an animator on the little mermaid, Nick Ranieri, who was an animator on both The Little Mermaid and The Princess and the Frog, and Dave Bosser, who was a visual effects animator on both The Lion King and The Little Mermaid. Uh, this taking place at 5 p.m., so obviously a bunch of movies that have a very lasting impact on a lot of kids everywhere, including myself with some of these movies. But, you know, it'll, it'll be cool to see just, like, some of the stories and, and tales, especially with Sleeping Beauty, because I remember when Sleeping Beauty got its, like, VHS re-release years ago. They had a little thing at the end after the credits and everything that kind of gave you a look into how they made the films in it. And for back then, how they made those, it was just incredible to see. So you might get more stories like that. Yeah, this is definitely something if you're into Disney 
this is going to be something to really check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, you've got a new series from the CW uh, screening where uh, Nancy Drew, yes, of course, the famous book series that had a long run way back when, uh, will have a screening of the first episode in a panel, and possibly including a QA. and uh, a This will air on Wednesdays this fall on the CW, that taking place at 5 p.m. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how this show is yeah, going to develop. Yeah. I mean, I've heard about it, and obviously, if you know anything about the book series, I mean, yeah. they're, they're fun reads. So th- see how this all comes on screen is going to be interesting, and especially like a CW's perfect network for it. So mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see yeah. you know, first episode and see what goes for there. Yeah, this next one near and dear to my heart, Dragon Ball Z, the 30th anniversary panel. Uh, it will feature voice actors Sean Chamel, who played Goku, Christopher R. Sabat, who played Vegeta, Sony Strait, Sonny Strait, who played Krillin, and Monica Rial, who played Bulma, for a celebration 30 years in the making, along with, and this kind of threw me for a loop, DB's Dragon Ball Z superfan Mohamed Sanu, of course, wide receiver for the atlanta falcons uh that taking place at 515 so that'll be something interesting to see you look back on the, the just the legacy and the lasting impact dragon ball z has had on a lot of people's lives in in you know their their careers in animation so that'll be something cool to see yeah it definitely is i mean dbz has been a big thing and, and just how it's kind of really it's mark in the pop culture mm-hmm. too you're finding just more celebrities are into it i know ronda yep. rousey's a big fan of it yep, yep. and obviously muhammad sanu coming from the Falcons to check it out. I mean, mm-hmm. that's going to be something wild to see. Yeah. Now, this next one, this will be very interesting. This is uh, Skybound in conversation with Robert Kirkman and reads, quote, comic book creator, writer, and executive producer Robert Kirkman answers questions from fans and discusses his latest projects, including The Walking Dead, Invincible, Oblivion Song, and more. That taking place at 6 p.m. Now, the interesting thing with this is this, will, to my knowledge, will be the first public venue he will have been in since The Walking Dead abruptly ended. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is going to be a very interesting interesting panel for that reason alone that mm-hmm. he, obviously just the fan interaction with him about the walking dead is going to be big yeah and then what is going to fall out after that are we going to go back to the walking dead universe at some point what's the next big project going to be because obviously with the tv show is still happening and where that universe is going to hear what he's got lined up is going to be really really a fun time to hear mm-hmm. so definitely check that out if you're a big fan of the walking dead there'll be a lot of information there yeah uh, moving on, you got one that is near and dear to uh, both our hearts. Uh, it is the Agents of Shield panel from Hall H. Absolutely, first mm-hmm. time if I'm not mistaken. Hall H ain't Hall ready. H. Hall H ain't ready. Hall H, you are not ready for no. the agents. No. So uh, this reads, quote, be the first to hear the scoop about the show-stopping conclusion from Season 6 and what awaits in Season 7 in Marvel's flagship television show. With your favorite stars in attendance, including Clark Gregg, Ming-Na Wen, Chloe Bennett, Elizabeth Henstridge, Ian DeKaystecker, Henry Simmons, uh, Natalia Cordova-Buckley, and Jeff Ward, along with some of the producers, including Jeff Loeb. This is a must-see panel to celebrate seven seasons with the world's greatest fans. This action-packed series from Marvel Television, Stos, uh, Television Studios and ABC Studios airs Friday uh, Fridays at 8, 7 central on ABC. That This panel taking place at 6.30 p.m. My guess is they're going to get a screening of a couple episodes. If it's anything like they've done in New York. It'll, it, it'll be a plant from Clark Gregg, probably his daughter again. Maybe, yeah. There's always just, you know, dare we say a mystery fan that comes in and says, hey, can we watch an episode? And sure enough, it happens. And and, and Clark Gregg kind of pulls Jeff Loeb's arm and forces him to do it. Right, which this panel, if you've never gone to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like if you've never had the chance to see him in New York, we've gone a few times to see the panel. It's really well done. It's a really fun time, a lot of high energy, Mm -hmm. and it's definitely entertaining from start to finish. And what we've been lucky to see in the past in New York is a preview of the next episode. Yep. Will that be the case here? Who knows? 
I would imagine that at this yeah, point. I imagine so. I would. Well, you you'd have to say maybe, but I would also see that they'll probably be talking maybe a little bit more about season seven. And yeah. Maybe the future of those agents because we know they're booked through season seven. Yep. After that, we don't necessarily know. Mm-hmm. A lot of question marks going to be answered in that panel. This but, is true. But take it from our personal testimony. If you got the chance to go see Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the panel at Hall H, get there. Mm-hmm. You will not be disappointed. No. And then rounding out Thursday, you've got a panel uh, for Cobra Kai, past, present, and future. Of course, this is the popular YouTube series that spun off from the uh, original Karate Kid, uh, which launched its second season last spring. Another fa- too much uh, acclaim from fans and critics alike from the uh, quote from the it's iconic roots in the karate kid film franchise to the current youtube series fans can learn the moves it took to bring these popular characters back for a new generation and try to wrestle free the surprises in store for its upcoming third season this coming uh at 745 on thursday i have to give one more quick plug though for thursday sure because there is a another panel it's a little quieter going on okay but it's a pro wrestling panel okay that definitely is, uh, Pat and I are fans of. Yes. And it is the one and only Joey Ryan. Ah, yes. The This is wrestling, the Joey Ryan story. He's doing a panel. They've kind of been doing a document. I think it's like a documentary. It is. Of just his life just as as an international pro wrestling star. Mm-hmm. He's been great, very gracious to come to Excite Wrestling here in Binghamton. Yeah. We've seen him. We've met him. Um, just awesome guy. And just to hear his story and just how he's kind of exploded onto the main. I, I mean, I, I say he's like almost like mainstream. No, oh, yeah, yeah, he is. Like he's getting featured on ESPN television shows and other like television shows you don't need to pay a subscription to get. Right. So obviously that panel is going to be going down 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Eastern time. So definitely, if you've got the chance to check it out, go check it out. I'm sure it's going to be a, a, a wild tale. Oh, it's going to be wild. It might be not safe for work, too, because it's Joey Ryan. Yeah. And obviously, Thursday has got so much going on uh-huh. that I think we got to throw in a quick break. Yes. For more information on Thursday, comic-con.org. That's where we've been getting our information from. We're spreading it to you. We are going to take a very quick break and come back and talk a little Friday with you here on the ODPH. Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH, the greatest podcast in Binghamton. Woo! Coming back for day two uh-huh. of our San Diego Comic-Con preview episode of the ODPH. Yep. And now we got, like I said, we're talking day two, Friday, a lot going on. Pad, uh-huh. let's jump right back into it. Uh, leading off, the interesting thing that jumped out to me, uh, it's a panel of writing Avengers Endgame. It reads, quote, screenwriters slash producers Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely chat the, with the Backstory Magazine's publisher slash editor-in-chief Jeff Goldsmith uh, about what it took to plot, write, rewrite and film both Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame as back-to-back productions for this historic wrap-up of the Marvel Cinematic Universe's amazing 22 film journey taking place at 1 p.m. Eastern. Interesting thing with this is it's the guys who wrote 
both the screen, uh, the scripts for Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. So my guess is you're going to get a lot of interesting stories, tidbits, behind the scenes stuff for stuff, you know, little Easter eggs you might have missed. That they're like, hey, uh, that little Easter egg was in that one scene. So that, that'll definitely be something to look out for. Love it or hate it, Avengers Endgame has just left that impact on pop culture that mm-hmm. to think about how much has been devoted to breaking it down on this, yeah. on, on just like the Comic-Con weekend here. Yeah is really a telling sign of how impactful the movie is. And it really says something, about, like you said, how impactful the movie is, that they're giving an entire panel to the writers. Right, at Hall H, the biggest panel yeah. there. Yeah. This is huge for that reason alone. I mean, just to think of just the impact of the movie, mm-hmm. that the writers alone are getting their panel. Yeah. And then following right after is the Russo brothers yeah. doing their own panel. Yeah, so that's going to be a panel called A Conversation with the Russo Brothers. And it says, quote, for the Russo Brothers, Avengers Endgame was the culmination of an unprecedented four-film, seven-year journey through the Marvel Cinematic Universe that has included some of the most iconic experiences in modern cinema. Come here, directors Joe and Anthony Russo reflect on Endgame and their epic road to it as they segue into life beyond Marvel with their new company, AGBO, which happens to include an exciting array of new and old creative friends. This new New independent studio develops and finances film projects on, in any medium while keeping creative control within the hands of the artists. The discussion will be moderated by Collider's editor in chief, uh, Stephen Weintraub. This is taking place at 2 p.m. Uh, this is going to be the interesting thing is, you know, it's the Russo brothers. Yeah. Some of the most popular uh, Marvel films that have come yet were directed by them. And much like the, the previous panel where you got the writers giving tidbits and behind the scenes stuff, you may not know. These are the guys who directed it. These are the guys who like, they're the masterminds behind it. You're going to get a lot of the, more of that where it's stuff you may not know. I'm holding out for a hail Mary that maybe they'll announce deadly class is getting renewed to another network since they were executive producers <laughs> on the, on, on the show. But regardless of that, this is huge. The Russo brothers have definitely put their imprint on the MCU. Mm-hmm. And I would not doubt that maybe we'll hear a tidbit if they're going to make a return. I'm still holding out that they're going to come back for Secret Wars, the Jonathan Hickman story. Right. That is my early prediction that will be the first time we'll see them return to the MCU. I don't know anything, but hey, let's yeah. see if I'm right, though. Yeah. So this is going to be something to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, AMC is making their run into uh, Comic-Con with the Fear the Walking Dead panel. Uh, that taking place at 3 p.m. And it's going to give you a preview of what's coming in the second half of the season, which returns in August. So definitely it's going to feature, of course, cast and producers, which they will discuss uh, the mission and challenges they've faced as they head into the midseason finale that this coming Sunday evening. So that's definitely one to look out for. But right after that is the Walking Dead panel with, featuring cast members and producers discuss the film series milestone 10th season and share a first look trailer at the show's october return uh cast members include norman reedus denai guerrera melissa mcbride jeffrey dean morgan avi nash cooper andrews ryan hurst nadia hiker and eleanor matura and kaylee fleming that taking place at 4 p.m the one thing about the walking dead panel is we talk about high energy with agents of shield the walking dead fan base is very very passionate mm-hmm. And where they're going now with this season, after the effect of the Whispers yep. uh, moment there, I guess we could say, and just the fall of the kingdom. And the story is really differing from the comics, which mm-hmm. is good and is bad depending on what you want to read about it. But the one thing about this is the panel will definitely be there and they'll definitely be so into the fan base. And mm-hmm. the, it's going to be a great time to experience it. And 
whatever we're going to see, I know the trailer for season 10, I think we will see some footage get leaked out probably, about that. Probably, Of the new direction it's going to go in. Will there be a chance that maybe Lauren Cohen is going to make a surprise appearance since Whiskey Cavalier is now canceled? And I'll say there was an article I did see the other day that there's a very good possibility she might show up in season 10. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would not yeah, doubt her yeah. returning. Maybe that might be a surprise that happens. I don't yeah. know. Maybe we get an uh, Andrew Lincoln run in at the panel. You never know. That would be amazing too. Can you, can you imagine if they're like doing a Q and A panel and like they're sitting there and they're like, oh, all right next, and you get Andrew Lincoln coming up with his British accent goes, oh hi guys. Well, you know what that happened at New York Comic Con to a degree when they announced uh, the gentleman who played Abraham. Yes, came in through the crowd wearing a mask and was talking to him on stage and then just revealed himself to be in. And they mm-hmm. go, ladies and gentlemen, you know our newest member to our cast. So this is one of those scenarios that I, The Walking Dead will keep you guessing about what they're yeah. going to be doing. Yeah. It's going to be a really fun panel. And I would not doubt, actually, speaking of Andrew Lincoln, maybe we'll see a little teaser footage for the Rick Grimes saga movies. Like whatever or maybe, they'll, that. maybe they'll tell us what it's going to be. Yeah, you, we might get some, a little more information on that. So that is something to stay tuned if you are a fan of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, we've got one that is near and dear to my heart, one I am very excited for. It is a... Uh, panel for The Witcher, a Netflix original series. Uh, quote, based on the best-selling fantasy series of books, The Witcher is an epic tale of fate and family. Be among the first to get the exclusive scoop on the highly anticipated Netflix original series centering on famed monster Geralt of Rivia. Be introduced to the world of the continent where humans, elves, witches, witchers, gnomes, and monsters battle to survive and thrive and where good and evil are not easily identified, taking place at 515. Now, this one, of course, starring uh, Henry Cavill as the title character of Geralt of Rivia. My guess is that this is going to be where we get our first look at the show, and by first look, I mean first uh, footage of it. We've seen pictures. We'll see a trailer. Stuff. I'm really excited for this one. If there's one safe bet about this weekend, we will see the first trailer of The Witcher at this panel. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, you've got another Netflix panel. Netflix is the Dark Crystal Age of Resurgence. Uh, quote, a net- Netflix offers an exclusive sneak peek at the highly anticipated fantasy series, The Dark Crystal Age of Resurgence, based on Jim Henson's groundbreaking 1982 feature film, The Dark Crystal. In this stunning new prequel, three Gelfing, uh, three Gelfing discover the horrifying secret behind Skekis's power and set out on an epic journey to ignite the fires of rebellion and save their world. Realized using classic puppetry with cutting-edge visual effects, the cast and creators discuss all your burning questions about bringing Thra to life. Close quote. Now, I know there's a lot of people looking forward to this one. So, this, you know, we've seen some pictures and stuff. So, this is going to be very interesting to see, especially since you're using classic puppetry. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting visual effect to see mm-hmm. how this is going to come across to fans. I'm really interested to see how this all plays out. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Uh, moving on from there, you got probably the most anticipated panel of Comic-Con, the most controversial panel of Comic-Con, depending on how you look at it. Uh, Game of Thrones panel with a Q&A session from Hall H. Uh, says, quote, Game of Thrones concluded its eight-season run back in May with the finale setting records for HBO, both a single telecast and premiere night viewing. The, the drama series was executive produced by and written by David Benoff and D.B. Weiss. Cast panelists will include, include a Grey Worm will be there, Samuel Tarley, Jamie Lannister, Davos Seaworth, Missandei of Nath, Sir Jorah Mormont, Varys, Arya Stark and Bran Stark. And that's taking place at 8.30 p.m. My, with is uh, received as the f- season finale was in the seri- final series was. The fact that they are doing a uh, Q&A session, let alone in Hall H for this, could get very interesting. 
It'll get very interesting, obviously, with the reaction of the final season. I think the fans are going to be very respective, mm-hmm. respectively vocal. Yeah. I, like, I don't think it's going to be like just everybody yelling and screaming. No way. There'll still be the fans, and obviously, it is you know to have the reaction they're going to do, and how the actors are and uh, writers of the show and producers are going to be you know interacting with them. It's going to be a really interesting vibe, I think, in that yeah. in that panel. I yeah. don't think it's going to be a negative one, but I think that there is going to be a lot of. Yeah. There's going to be a few awkward questions. Uh, probably a few awkward questions, and I would not doubt that they start maybe talking a little bit about the new prequel coming out. Probably. probably. I would think that that will kind of shift to focus that and maybe some footage. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, moving on, uh, also from Hall H, you have a panel for Preacher, of course, the AMC TV series. Uh, panelists will dive into past seasons that often push the boundaries with the most outrageous scenes on TV and reveal a sneak peek at its final season, which promises fans of the comic book they're going out with a bang. That taking place at 10 p.m. Preacher has been a unique show, to say the least. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to talk about shows that capture the vibe of DC Vertigo, the uh, former imprint that has now been absorbed in the black label, per se, this is a perfect show. Yeah, and if yeah. you want to talk about Garth Ennis's writing of just how just amazing and over the top this is, prime example. In fact, he has another show that's having a panel this weekend too, The Boys, mm. which is going to be coming to Amazon Prime very shortly by the end of the month. And if you have not seen the previews on that one, I highly recommend it. Uh, definitely not safe for work. Oh, yeah, very much. Without question. But the new project starting, starring Carl Urban is definitely going to have a unique take on superheroes mm-hmm. that you have to see for yourself. And it's very sharply written. I mean, the comic with Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson, I mean, it, it, it's one of a kind. Yeah. But it's definitely captures the writing of Ennis perfectly. And for everything I've seen off the show, I'm super excited to see that panel. And mm-hmm. with Preacher, how they wrap this up, because they have announced it's going to be the final season, is anybody's guess. Mm-hmm. It's going to be crazy, though. It's going to be absolutely wild to see how they finally write off the series. And I mean, obviously, if you've read the books, you know how it's going to end. So it's not going to really throw you that big of a curveball, so right. to speak, unless they pull something out and really go in a different direction, which yeah. could completely happen. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, you've got a world premiere panel for the upcoming uh, DC animated film Batman Hush taking place at 10 15 p.m eastern time if you are there at san diego comic-con and you cannot make it to that screening don't worry there's a panel there's a screening later that night yeah batman hush has got a lot of hype behind it Mm -hmm. and obviously to talk about the story jeff Loeb and jim lee created yeah way back when that was when jim lee first came over to dc after being at image for a while and just his artwork i mean you want to talk about just a legend right now, a modern legend, so to mm-hmm. speak. Jim Lee, when he really kind of honed his skill and became the superstar artist that he is, this is just one of the books that just like fans were waiting to see him jump on. And yeah. just the visuals of Hush is just worth the story alone. Yeah. And I mean, I could go into it in detail how they're going to bring bring this to the screen. I mean, this is going to be a really fun thing to see. And especially if you've been reading Tom King's story of Batman and Catwoman. To see, like I say, it kind of almost is like a prequel yeah. in in, yeah. in, in, a, in a weird way, and it's in a weird way because it's it's heavily influenced with Batman and Catwoman. To see Jim Lee's you know epic story hit the 
small screen on animated form is going to be really fun to watch. I'm super excited. I've been excited since they announced this at New York Comic Con last yeah, year. Yeah. So to see how this uh, film hits screens, I can't wait. Well, see, I'm definitely excited for this just because, like you said, they announced it in New York Comic Con last year. And when they did, there was a very loud murmuring and excitement that went through the crowd. You know, to see how they're pulling this off and everything I've seen so far looks incredible. They just released a, a clip from it the other day of Bane uh, being under the control of Hush, and it just looks absolutely incredible. I'm bummed that Kevin Conroy isn't playing Batman in this. It's uh, Jason O'Mara, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, Jason O'Mara is very good, and, and I cannot wait for this film. Yeah, Batman's having a big weekend at San Diego Comic-Con because mm-hmm. of the Batman Beyond panel. Yep. Hush is coming out. Yep. The Pennyworth on yeah. Epics, which, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a panel, too, on Saturday. Yep. Or, or on Friday, rather. I'm sorry, Friday. Yeah. And to see that take on Alfred is going to be really interesting to, to see unfold. I really yeah. don't know what to expect of it. Yeah. I could see it being along the same lines of Gotham, maybe a little different. Yeah, probably. Because Gotham went in some really odd directions. I mean, I was not a huge fan of Gotham by any stretch of the means, so I'm really interested to see some more footage on Pennyworth. Saw the trailer, kind of need to see some more before I make a judgment on it. Yeah. Yeah, and then closing out Friday, you've got Rooster Teeth special video presentation and Q&A. It reads, quote, Rooster Teeth is a legendary producer behind some of the most beloved series, podcasts, and personalities on the internet. The timeless comedy of Red vs. Blue, the international anime hit Ruby, and star-studded sci-fi Genlock, chart-topping Rooster Teeth podcasts and addictive video games from Achievement Hunter. Here, the Rooster Teeth founders, creators, writers, and talent in this mega panel featuring exclusive sneak peeks, announcements, and more. Now, I would not be surprised, of course, uh, they mentioned Genlock, their big hit featuring you know the likes of Michael P. Jordan, David Tennant, Dakota Fanning, Maisie Williams, uh, Asha Kate Dillon, who of course was in John Wick Chapter Three. You know Monica Rial, one of the uh, more well-known voice actors. You know I wouldn't be surprised if we get something coming out of that for season two. I wouldn't be surprised if you get something for the next upcoming season of Ruby. Uh, you know they know how to Rooster Teeth knows how to do their panels, and there's often going to be a lot of good stuff coming out of there. Yeah, definitely excited to hear what's all coming out for that mm-hmm. friday is so loaded yes man we haven't even gone into saturday and sunday yet no so definitely hit us up on that hashtag hashtag odph join in the conversation on our social media accounts we want to interact with you we're going to take a quick break jump back into days three and four of san diego comic-con you are listening to the odph podcast hey this is rob kacharik from the band 607 autopilot off and walking distance and you're listening to ODPH. Coming back for the Saturday and Sunday breakdown of San Diego Comic-Con, you are listening to the ODPH podcast, so let's waste no more time, jump right back into it. Mm-hmm. Head, let's talk Saturday, shall we? Saturday, kind of kicking things off that's jumping out to us, you have a panel, uh, Building the Future of Superheroes with DC Black Label. Uh, quote, DC Black Label unites the most revered creators in comics to craft epic tales of action and suspense featuring fan-favorite DC characters. The writers and artists of DC Black Label will discuss their approach to creating new stories of legendary promotions with new angles in superhero mythologies and how they plan to take these stories to new heights. That taking place at 1 p.m. Black Label has been a phenomenal imprint thus far. And to see where they're going, I, I mean, I'm more excited to kind of hear about some of the other stories that I've heard come out. I mean, The Last Night on Earth, Scott Snyder mm-hmm. and Greg Capullo's epic Batman saga concludes, and the first issue has been amazing Yeah, to see where that's going to go. And yeah. I'm definitely excited to hear more about the Three Jokers book that's supposed to be coming out. It's been a little quiet lately. So I'm really, really intrigued to see what they're doing. But Black Label's doing so many good things over at DC mm-hmm. right now. 
Uh, moving on, you've got a Batwoman pilot screening with a Q&A taking place at 1.30. So, of course, they've got the screening they're doing on the first night, Thursday night. Uh, this one going or Wednesday night, rather, I'm we- sorry. Yes, Wednesday night. This one going to be another screening of the pilot, but this time with a Q&A with some of the cast and crew. So that one will definitely be interesting to see. I know there's a lot of anticipation going into that upcoming uh, Arrowverse show. Yeah, Ruby Rose playing the the, t- the title character. We saw her in the Elseworlds mm-hmm. um, crossover last year. So obviously this is going to have a lot of expectations on its shoulders. And we hear that it's going to be debuting with Supergirl on Sunday night. Right. So when the DC Universe kicks off on CW, that's going to be the the lead kickoff right into the Crisis on Infinite Earth because that's going to be the major crossover coming out. Mm-hmm. So every panel you hear revolving around the CW shows of Flash, Black Lightning, Arrow, and Batwoman is all going to tie together. And I did say Black Lightning. I have a feeling Black Lightning might get drawn into the CW universe. Uh, That'd be interesting. Uh, moving on, this one, you know, we talked about uh, surprise anniversaries and whatnot with in the first segment with uh, uh, Popeye, you know, hitting 90. This one kind of snuck up on me, too, and I didn't realize that they were going to have a panel Scooby-Doo's 50th birthday bash. Now, this is going to take a look back at Scooby-Doo's entire long run from, you know, starting on Saturday mornings with Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, up through its current series and everything else. Uh, it's also going to give a glimpse of the upcoming Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, the complete series limited edition 50th anniversary mystery mansion box set. Uh, hitting stores this uh, fall so I know I grew up on Scooby-Doo it was a great series so it'll be fun to see some of the voice actors and folks who worked on the series kind of telling stories and some of the behind the scenes stuff that we may not know yeah it's definitely Scooby-Doo is that old now yeah man he's, lo- he's looking good for 50 in dog years I'm saying he is yeah this is crazy mm-hmm uh, next, you've got uh, from Hall H, you've got a panel for the upcoming third season of Westworld. Of course, the mega hit from HBO, of course, uh, joining them this year is Aaron Paul. Yes, that Aaron Paul. That Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. Yep. Uh, it returns for its third season in 2020. Uh Creators, executive producers, and directors Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, along with cast members uh, Thandi Newton, Aaron Paul, Tessa Thompson, Evan Rachel Wood and Jeffrey Wright will present an early look at the forthcoming third season of the drama series, a dark odyssey about the dawn of artificial consciousness and the birth of a new form of life on earth uh, that taking place at four fifteen. So if you, if you have HBO go or HBO now or some form of access to HBO and you're looking for something to watch, I highly recommend Westworld. It's, it's a weird watch, but it's a good watch. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things. It, about it's it. a, I, it's I haven't a, caught it yet. Though. Yeah, no, it's a really good watch. So it's not, uh, they don't have a, a release date for when it's going to premiere in 2020. So you got plenty of time to catch up on it. There's only two seasons. Like I said, I can't recommend it enough. So definitely one I'm going to be checking out. Uh, moving on, you've got a uh, Marvel Comics Next Big Thing panel where, quote, legendary writer Jonathan Hickman is joined by Marvel editor-in-chief C.B. Sibolsky uh, and other mighty Marvel panelists to bring you the latest and greatest news straight from the House of Ideas. Learn what comes next for the X-Men and the senses-shattering revelations of the House of X and Powers of X. Uh, plus, stick around for a few things they can't even hint at yet, taking place at 445. So if you are a Marvel Comics fan and you want to know what's coming next, this is for you. They always do a good panel in New York Comic Con. I expect the same thing on San Diego. And just how C.B. Sobolski has done just a phenomenal job, just kind mm-hmm. of just re-energizing. Yeah, re- reinvigorating. Thank you. See, I get a little too amped up when I'm trying to talk about how much the Marvel Comics line has really kind of had some new energy to it. I mean, everything that all the books they've done from Venom to Jason Aaron's run on Thor and just finished up the War of Realms and everything they're doing, especially Immortal Hulk, which, uh-huh. which is a phenomenal horror comic book. 
And note how I said that. Yeah. Because that is exactly how it's written, and it comes off so good. The amazing Spider-Man run that uh, Nick Spencer and Ryan Motley has been on right now. Yeah. There is just so many good books coming out, and just Marvel's kind of refocusing back on the comic line, and especially with Jonathan Hickman jumping into Mm X-Men. And he builds epics. Like, we throw that word around a lot, but if you really want to talk about an epic story, yeah. Hickman does them and does them very well. He mm-hmm. re, he re-energized the Avengers, and then that led to Secret Wars. And yep. if you haven't read Secret Wars, I'm stressing to you, go pick that up at your local comic shop. Mm-hmm. Because if the Russo brothers decide to do a movie again, it's going to be that, and it's going to be that epic that they need to come back for it. Yeah. So to see what he's going to be announcing, if he can give any details out about House of X and uh, Powers of X, this is the place to find out. Mm-hmm. And just Marvel's, Marvel Comics 1000, Two, I mean, yeah. man, there's so many things coming out from Marvel. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Uh, after that, you've got a panel for The Orville, of course, the hit TV series from Fox and Seth MacFarlane. Uh, you get an exclusive look at, back to how to some never-before-seen moments of Season 2, an exclusive look forward to the new and exciting missions in the upcoming third season, uh, that taking place at 5.30. That one's going to be a big one that I'm looking forward to. I know I've recommended it before. I'm going to recommend it again. The Orville is so good. If you were a fan of Star Trek The Next Generation, this feels like another season of Star Trek The Next Generation. It's even had some uh, folks from Star Trek The Next Generation uh, direct episodes. Uh, the gentleman who plays uh, uh, Riker, uh, whose name is escaping Jonathan me. Jonathan Franks. John, thank you. Jonathan Franks directed a couple episodes uh, from the first season. It is a great show. It's got Seth MacFarlane humor, but it's not over the top. And it's mixed in with kind of that vibe and feel from Star Trek The Next Generation you might be used to. So I cannot recommend it enough. You know, and if you're going to be in San Diego Comic Con for this, check this panel out. And especially too, speaking of Star Trek, the Star Trek Enter, enter the Star Trek Universe panel mm-hmm. is going to be a monster one. And I think you're going to hear something about the new Patrick Stewart show, yeah, yeah. Star Trek Picard. Yep, I'm expecting to hear nothing but that. So if you're in the Star Trek Universe, mm-hmm. speaking of the Orville, yeah. that is another one you got to check out. Yeah. Uh, after that, and another one worth noting because hey, it's another anniversary. It is a panel for Sesame Street's 50th anniversary. It's just wild. Sesame Street is 50, of course. 50? Yeah, not 50. You know, the wildly popular uh, kids television show, which I know I grew up on, a lot of kids grow up on, still grow up on it. Uh, They're going to have a 50th anniversary panel for that, kind of looking back at everything they've done over the years. So that'll be definitely worth checking out. Uh, After that, and this one snuck up on me, and I did not know this was going to be a thing, a panel, Snowpiercer on TBS, exclusive first look. Wait, Snowpiercer? Yeah, Snowpiercer, like the movie starring Chris Chris, Evans. Chris Evans, right? Right. So this is, quote, set more than seven years after the world has become a frozen wasteland, Snowpiercer centers on the remnants of humanity who inhabit a gigantic, perpetually moving train that circles the globe. Class warfare, social injustice, and the politics of survival play out in this riveting television adaptation based on the acclaimed movie of the same name. Stars, Gen- stars Jennifer Connelly, David Diggs, Allison Wright, Mickney- Mickey Summer, Lena Hall, and Stephen Ogg, and EP slash showrunner uh, Grime Manson will give attendees an exclusive first look at TBS's highly anticipated post-apocalyptic sci-fi thriller, uh, which this is taking place at 6 p.m. Uh, now, if you have not seen the Snowpiercer film, I've seen it. It's a very good film. It's available on Netflix right now. So if you if you want to see something wild and crazy, a sci-fi movie that's a little different than what you're used to, go give it a check out. This to me is very interesting because this is not down CBS's normal route. Or yeah. it's not excuse me, not CBS, TBS. Yeah, the fact they're doing a TV show, like this flew under my radar because right. this is the first I'm hearing of this. Right, because TBS, you know, by and large is known as like some comedy stuff or some rerun stuff. Like I know they got they show uh like American Dad and Family Guy reruns and even, you know, Cleveland show reruns. So like they're they're primarily comedy stuff. This is a little out of left field for them. 
Well, I mean, I applaud them for taking a shot with it, but yeah, yeah this is definitely going to be an interesting mix of uh, worlds, so to speak. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, TBS is not really known for kind of doing this kind of crazy drama. TNT is, uh, yeah, more so, but TBS, yeah, kind of wait and see what happens. But hey, let's give it a shot, shall we? Yeah. After that, you've got one of the first uh, Arrowverse CW panels uh, where you've got the Arrow special video presentation and Q and A taking place at six thirty p.m. Of course, looking back at the last season and looking forward to the upcoming final season. Might see some footage. You never know. I know they just started filming the other day. Yeah, definitely. With Arrow doing it, it's so weird to say it's final panel. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I know the show is get, is ending Yeah, where it evolves to next, because I think it definitely is going to go into a different direction, is going to be anybody's guess. But mm-hmm. just the fact that it's it's wrapping up is, is kind of just, it's odd. Like, yeah. It, like yeah. it's just so weird to, like, kind of comprehend that, okay, the CW, and especially Arrow, which has kicked off the Arrowverse right. of the CW, right. is ending is just kind of wild to see. But obviously going into crisis yeah. and what they're going to have in store, because they're definitely going to have something. I wouldn't expect it. Mm-hmm. I would fully expect a teaser trailer of some sort. Yeah. And like I said, I think every CW show that's going to be on here in the Arrowverse, including Black Lightning, in my opinion, is going to have something to tie in with Crisis on Infinite Earths, maybe yeah. a tease of how everybody's kind of brought into it. Yeah. After that, you've got the Supergirl special video presentation and Q&A panel taking place at 7.15. So, again, I'm going to be more of the same looking back, looking forward, and seeing where they go from here, you know, highly anticipating the next season. Yeah. The only thing I've seen come out, though, is uh, Supergirl has a new costume, yep. uh, a full body suit now. Yeah. Which I, I thought the costume looked good. Yeah, no, it looks very good. Yeah. Uh, after that, you've got a Black Lightning special video presentation and Q&A taking place at 8 p.m. You know, I can see them possibly, you know, spinning it in because given what happens in the Crisis on Infinite Earth story, I won't spoil it for those of you who haven't read it and, and you know, might want to go out and read it. But I, with given what happens in Crisis on Infinite Earth, I can see it because as of, you know, this recording, as we're sitting here in 2019, they are not a part of the Arrowverse proper they're they're in that multiverse but like you know they're not in the same earth as uh barry and oliver and everybody else right them and supergirl and uh batwoman uh batwoman is on their earth is on barry and oliver's okay. earth if i remember right supergirl is on a separate earth but like she's had interactions with them and they've had interactions with her black lightning has been off in his own parallel universe type of thing and the, and the tell with this is if i'm not mistaken the news channel from uh oliver and barry's earth is like news 53 or something news 52 news it's 52. always news 52 uh, something whatever it is for Black Lightning is something else entirely different. So that's kind of their tell. Yeah, it's not in the same universe, right? But like you were talking about, without spoiling Crisis on Infinite Earths, don't be too surprised if there is major stat quo changes for all mm-hmm. DC slash CW shows after this, right? Because again, without giving spoilers, you cannot do a story like Crisis on Infinite Earths and just have an all right. Well, we're going back to normal. No, if they do that. You'll hear a very rabid fan base sound off mm-hmm. if it just acts like nothing happened. But yeah, I'm. If you've never read the book, you need to go pick up the book, find it, stream it, however you can watch, read it. You need to definitely get in in fully comprehension of everything that's going to happen with that story. Yeah. Because if you're not ready for it, because when they do the crossover, and it's going to be four nights. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a lot to intake. Yeah, and a lot of moving parts are going to happen really quick. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it should be noted that we did not mention Legends of Tomorrow because Legends of Tomorrow will not be at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, they're waiting to come back for a mid-season premiere, kind of like they did this past year. Uh, so if we hear anything from them, it will probably be at New York Comic-Con in October. But as for this coming weekend uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, nothing from the Legends. Uh, moving on, you've got a Hideo Kojima Master Storyteller uh, panel where it will feature visionary creator Hideo Kojima uh, discusses his process as a game director and storyteller and he will most notably discuss his upcoming project death stranding of course starring norman reedus among many others this will be a must uh, attend panel for any video game fans hideo kojima one of the best if not the best video game creator and storyteller of of the generation you know from his work on the metal gear solid series to you know anything he's worked on it's just been a masterpiece and, and really good so that'll be definitely something to check out yeah, every time I see a, a preview for Death Stranding, I think I'm watching Legion mm-hmm. because I have no idea what's going on. But yet, Neither do I. But yet I can't turn away. Yeah. And I love Legion, too, yeah. by the way. Uh, after that, you've uh, from Hall H, you've got Marvel Studios. Now, that's literally the title of the panel, Marvel Studios, and the description is, quote, Marvel Studios president and producer Kevin Feige and surprise panelists provide an inside look at the ever-expanding Marvel Cinematic Universe, close quote, taking place at 8.15. Now, there are rumors floating around that this is where we will see an Avengers reunion. I'd be all for that to see that, but that's uh, we've also got some interesting breaking news as we record. Hey, yeah, Pad's got some breaking news here. Breaking news that's actually happening as we record for once, not after we record. Uh, it's being reported by the Hollywood Reporter. Now, this uh, Hollywood Reporter, for those who don't know, is very reputable, one of the most reputable out there. Uh, where they are saying they are saying in, ex- in an exclusive story that Taika Watiti is going to direct Thor four. Uh, quote: Taika Watiti is returning to the many worlds of Thor. Watiti has inked a deal to write and direct a uh, follow-up to his 2017 smash Thor Ragnarok. Uh, but uh, close quote. But what they kind of go into is the interesting thing is uh, it's kind of uh, having some issues of the long gestating adaptation of the Japanese manga Akira, which he is also uh, tied to direct and even got so far as doing a uh, test. They were testing actors in a worldwide search for talent uh, that has been put on pause indefinitely as the production dates for both series have been bumped up against each other. So it sounds like uh, Akira is getting put on hold because that was originally going to have a release date of 20, like May 21st, 2021 or something like that. Mm. And now that's getting kind of pushed back so that uh, Taika can work on Thor 4, which is upcoming. So this might be one of the announcements we get at uh the Marvel Cinematic Universe panel this weekend from Kevin Feige, but, uh, but hey, Thor's coming back. So I guess this is my initial reaction to hearing this. What now happens with Guardians of the Galaxy three? Yeah, because yeah. is Chris Hemsworth going? I, I, you would assume. Well, I mean, obviously he's going to be in Thor four, so right. I'm assuming we're going to hear announcement of a new deal worked out. Well, yeah, yeah, because just given the way that things are playing out, we know Guardians of the Galaxy three is coming. Like that is been announced by marvel that's coming the when is the kind of the question and that's another one we might find out you know because typically when marvel does their kind of big reveal panels you get the the timeline like you're used to in history class back from back in school where you know you see the stuff and uh, when stuff's coming so we might get that this season but yeah no he's got to have a new deal worked out if he's going to be in guardians 3 and thor 4 one would assume unless you're going to somehow write him out of guardians 3 after the events of avengers endgame which wouldn't make any sense no, I mean, it definitely doesn't make any sense. So I I don't know exactly what they're going to do. I mean, I think that's going to be one of the big announcements. I think we're going to hear all about phase, the next phase. Yeah, because that's the reason Marvel wasn't there last year was we knew it was coming, and we knew Captain Marvel was coming. We knew uh, Endgame was coming, you know, so 
we were kind of sitting there going, and we knew Far From Home was coming, so that was kind of like, they're, all right, that's it for this phase of Marvel, and we're not ready to announce what comes afterwards, because, well, given the events we had yet to see, it'd be a little spoilerish if we if we found out about that before we saw the films. So that's obviously why Marvel took last year off, but no, they're coming back in a big way this year. My guess is we're going to find out anything and everything with upcoming with the upcoming phase uh, for Marvel movies. I would imagine with the next phase, it's already been more or less leaked out that it's going to be the Black Widow prequel, which is due in February. Which which is uh, filming. Yeah, which is filming right now. So obviously, I think we'll maybe see some teaser footage for that. I don't think we'd see a trailer by any means, but we might see a a little preview, so to speak. I imagine we'll see a date or timeline, like you were alluding to, of Doctor Strange 2, Black Panther 2, Shang-Chi, and the Eternals, Mm -hmm. along with Guardians of the Galaxy 3, unless now that has been moved for Thor 4. Right. So So Marvel has in the past shifted around movie release dates and whatnot to make things work. Yeah, because remember, I believe it was supposed to be this week uh, uh, when Mm -hmm. Inhumans was supposed to grace us on the big screen. Say July 12th was when Inhumans was supposed to come out, and well, that didn't happen. Yeah, that did not happen. And and no argument here about that because it wasn't. But I would not doubt that maybe we'll hear about some casting Maybe some people walking on stage. I think we'll hear about Shang-Chi possibly getting announced. And probably some more confirmation of who's in Eternals playing what. Because Eternals is going to be, in my opinion, the next Guardians of the Galaxy, which is it's an unknown property to a lot of mainstream fans. The Eternals is is more like the Inhumans than I would say the Guardians Mm -hmm. because it's, it's a unique story unique fan base um when you talk about you know favorite books amongst fans eternals does not really ring a bell a lot and i always compare them to the new gods and obviously with everything going on with dc films doing new gods i am honest i am more excited about seeing that than i am eternals right and the only thing that might shift the momentum so to speak in my opinion from new gods to eternals is if they announce Keanu Reeves is officially signed and playing a character, and if he walks out on that stage... So the roof will get blown off the place. Yeah, unless, of course, he walks out and goes, I'm Wolverine, and then just walks away. Well, that'd be amazing. Yeah, if he does something like that, like if, you might hear some announcements, too, about yeah, yeah. maybe a logo, per se, of the new properties that have right. been acquired. I also wouldn't be surprised if, because with the way Disney Plus is coming down the road, and you've got, obviously, the Loki series, the the Scarlet Witch and uh, Vision, Vision TV series, along with the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV series, those series will be directly tied into and have consequences and impacts on the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward like we've never seen before. I will also wouldn't be surprised if we maybe get some other announcements of stuff they're working on. Oh, yeah, I think we'll definitely get some teases about more stuff that is going to be going to Disney Plus. Yeah, probably more details on the Hawkeye series that's coming. Yeah. And is there going to be a young Avengers series, which Mm -hmm. I think is now getting heavily rumored and with with good reason. Yeah. So with Marvel Studios, I mean, this is going to be the panel of the week. I mean, no disrespect to anybody else that is doing a panel that weekend. But let us be honest. Mm -hmm. Marvel Studios gets in Hall H. They shut everything down. Uh Uh-huh. Twitter is going to break. Yeah. Your internet's going to break for a little bit. Yeah. The news footage coming out of this is going to be huge because let us forget, let us not forget, when they originally were announcing about Captain America and they were doing the timeline, remember they flashed Serpent Society to throw everybody a curveball and then they dropped Civil War. And then, mm-hmm. then obviously they leaked out the trailer you know, of Avengers before too and, and of Infinity War, not yeah. Endgame. Endgame was the most tightly kept secret, oh. which... 
Unless you were a cast member and you had your phone with you when you weren't supposed to. Yeah, I mean, how you pull that off is anybody's guess, but Marvel is definitely going to want to come back because last year they didn't, and DC had a strong outing last year. Yeah, now let me ask you this because I just thought of this. We mentioned that Falcon and Winter Soldier series is coming to Disney+. Plus. Yep. Given the events of Avengers Endgame and mild spoilers, uh, do you think in the series he will be in the costume we know him as, or do you think he will be in the Falcon Cap costume, or do you think they'll save the Falcon Cap costume for big screen? At the end of the series of season one of Falcon Winter Soldier, he will be Falcon Cap. Okay. It won't be right away. Right. Um, I just think they're going to do a small build into that. Right. But I am fully banking that they're going to do that. I think they're going to keep the Winter Soldier out of the Cap suit for now. Right. Um, unless they try doing, like, uh, Cap Core, mm. which I... It's it's a little messy whenever they try doing that because yeah. timelines and just different stuff and yeah, and, and, yeah. and to really kind of break that down is a whole other segment that I just don't really want to get into. But let me just say this: uh, if this is going to be a battle for the shield, so to speak, I think Sam Wilson does come out with it at the end, and you see right. you see Falcon Cap. Right. I, I can see the shield getting featured, you know, a couple times during the episodes, but I can't see them because I feel like at at the outset, uh, Sam is going to have a lot of reverence and it's going to mean a lot to him that he has the shield and he won't want to use it because, Oh, it's not mine. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's caps. It's, you know, whatever. So I feel like, you know, it might be in some sort of like display case that is, you know, wherever he is or wherever they, they keep going back to a base of some sorts. I can see that being the case and but like, it still gets featured, but I can't see them using it and throwing it around every fight scene. I can see it at the same time, but like, I just my gut instinct is they're not going to do that. It won't be right away. No, it won't. But, but mark my words. If, if you, if you're asking me right now, my opinion, I think that you'll see Falcon Cap at the end. Uh, yeah. Uh, end of the last episode of that season. Maybe like a big final battle for the final episode. Yep, or he gets the, he puts on the costume to end it, and then yeah. you know Bucky goes off to do, I mean, whatever he's going to wind up doing, whether this is going to tie into the um, Black Widow series. Because I know it's a prequel before anybody hits me up and says, well, you know it's set in the 90s. Oh, I'm fully aware it's set in the 90s, but I'm also saying that these Black Widow that we know is dead, but mm-hmm. there's still going to be the Black Widow we know yeah. coming back. Yeah. And if you haven't read comics, they did do a little twist to the origin of Black Widow. That's all I'm going to say because I want you to get to your local comic shops and go read it for yourself. Mm-hmm. But more or less, expect this panel to shut down San Diego Comic-Con and a lot of news coming out of this one. Mm-hmm. Huge. Uh, after that, you've got the final of the big CW uh, TV series, Arrowverse TV series, with the Flash special video presentation and Q&A taking place at 8.45. Again, much like its predecessors, looking back at some stuff from the previous season while previewing the upcoming season and what they got coming for uh, Crisis. Yeah, this is definitely going to be huge. I mean, the CW is coming out, and wherever they're going to be showing everybody is going to be Big, mm-hmm. big, 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 big. Yes. Uh, and then to close out Saturday, you've got DC Universe Series Sneak Peaks and a Q&A taking place at 10 p.m. on Eastern Time on Saturday. Okay, so being the DC Universe guy in the room here, mm-hmm. I am fully putting the energy out there. I want to hear Doom Patrol Renewed Season 2. Right. Now, what I'm expecting from this panel is we're going to hear about 
Harley Quinn, the animated show. Right. We're going to hear about season two of Titans. Probably a trailer. I'm not putting that out of the realm of thought. Have they started filming that yet? I didn't think so. Uh, if not, it's close. Okay. I know that they. it's been rumored that they've casted Deathstroke, and they've casted the Ravenger, mm-hmm. and they've casted Jericho, and I'm... I believe Blackfire's been yeah, casted. Yeah, I saw that one the other day, too. So yeah. they're adding a lot of character. I mean, which is great, but I I don't know how they're going to balance all this out on the show. Either way, I'm expecting we're going to see some footage, and I'm just putting this energy out there, too. If you gave up on Titans Season 1 after the first trailer you saw because you didn't like the trailer like I did originally, I'm hoping this trailer that they do for Season 2 is going to be a lot better because I, I really went into Titans... Not impressing. You can listen to the back episodes of the podcast. Um, but I was so happily surprised when I saw Titans because Titans was actually good. Yeah. Doom Patrol is great. Doom yeah. Patrol is amazing. If you want to just like literally read Grant Morrison or Gerard Way's book brought right to your fingertips, to your eyes, that is the book. I mean, they just do such an awesome representation of the characters on that show. So, obviously, with this one, it's going to be a lot going on, especially for a DC Universe member. Make yeah. sure you get to the DC Comics booth because there's a lot of merch going um, that you can pick up as a member. They have uh, some co- cool posters. I got an email about it um, yesterday and just some of the artwork, the, the posters you can get as a just go and show your membership there. Yeah. It's a lot to pick up. But for this panel, I think we'll see some Stargirl footage. And we might get some answers about the future of the DC Universe. But yeah. I, but I'm thinking if they're doing a panel, and this is just me breaking this down, Pad, please correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a panel and you're going to say that you're going to get absorbed into HBO Max, mm-hmm. do you think you'd actually have a panel for this? No. I don't either. I think the DC Universe is going to stand on their own. I think we might hear something about whatever is going to happen with Swamp Thing moving yeah. forward. If anything happens, if, yeah. If anything, I mean, Swamp Thing has definitely garnered a lot of fan buzz of how good the show is. Mm-hmm. So if they say, well, it's not going to be returning to DC Universe, but we're sending it to HBO Max, I think a lot of fans would be okay with that. Yeah. And I think that we'll actually hear about some more properties coming to the DC Universe. Now, Pat, let me ask you this before we wrap up Saturday here. Mm-hmm. Is there a character of the DC Comics line that you want to see have their own show on DC Universe? I mean, we talked about it earlier, Batman Beyond. Okay. Terry McGinnis. That would be a – if they pulled that off on DC Universe, that is a brilliant idea. I wasn't even thinking yeah. of that. But can you imagine how many more people would pick up subscriptions? I would. Yeah, if you put Batman Beyond on there? Yeah, no, if you do – like if you do a Batman Beyond TV series on there, I will absolutely get DC Universe. I was actually going to lean if they did Justice League Dark. Ooh, that'd be good. And and you get Swamp Thing back, and you can do John Constantine, a version of that, and, and where you go with that, because it, to see what characters they're going to bring to the DCU is going to be very, very interesting, and just whatever the next future wave is going to be for them, too. The DC Universe definitely has a lot of cool programming on, and they better not cancel Doom Patrol. Right. That's, that's all I'm going to say about yeah. that. But we definitely hit you a lot with Saturday. But let's wrap up Sunday here because Sunday is a, Sunday is like a half day pretty much. Yeah. But Sunday's got still got some notable panels going on. Yeah. So Sunday we got a couple panels that I figured worth mentioning. First one near and dear to my heart and totally surprised me the other day when I saw a trailer for this thing. Uh, it's a world premiere of Scooby Doo Return to Zombie Island. Now, for those of you who may not know, 
I remember, and anyone you know who grew up in the '90s like I did, remember there was a couple of years where Scooby Doo did a lot of like TV, TV movies that went right to Cartoon Network, and they were featured heavily on Cartoon Network, like Saturday programming. Uh, so the original Scooby Doo uh, Zombie Island, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, was re- released in 1998, and you know. You look at the Rotten Tomato score, there's seven reviews, but of course it's a 1998 film. The internet wasn't quite what it is now, so there aren't that many reviews. But out of seven reviews, it's got a uh, tomato meter of 86%. And out of 43,764 user ratings, it's got a audience score of 77%. Wow. It's a really good animated film that you know they made. If you can find it, however you can find it, definitely give it a watch. But they're coming out with a direct sequel to it where the, the crew returns to Zombie Island, where I watched the trailer the other day where you know they're kind of like all right well hey we don't really have any mysteries left to solve we've solved all the mysteries so why don't we do the first thing we haven't done in a number in a long time let's go on vacation and they decide to go down south to the bayou to a louisiana type area which is where the first one took place and they're riding a riverboat and fred looks and goes hey wait a minute this all looks really familiar and then they end up back on the same island from the original one they're like oh my gosh this is the zombie island mystery it's the one we never solved and i'm kind of sitting there going wait a minute yeah you kind of did yeah but no i'm really excited for this i'm excited to see where they go with this so they're gonna get the world premiere of that at 1:15 on sunday and then also on sunday at 3 p.m you've got the world premiere of teen titans versus teen titans go now this was the thing they kind of teased at the end of the teen titans go movie where you have my personal favorite teen titans animated series the one from back in the early 2000s uh kind of going like oh we finally found a way to come through to you you know and so it's going to be them going up against teen titans go the newer series so that'll be definitely something to check out if you are a teen titans fan that's gonna be a fun show yeah that's gonna be a fun fun experience to watch Mm mm-hmm and definitely to heart back about Scooby-Doo, I got to say, when you're talking about crossover episodes, yeah, this will kind of lead into a panel that's going to be going on Sunday at Hall H. Okay. It's the Supernatural oh, panel. Okay. That Supernatural is now finally ending after 15 yeah. seasons. Yeah. And to put it in perspective, too, the Scooby-Doo episode they did a crossover of okay. is must-watch. Even if you haven't watched Supernatural, per se, they capture the essence of Scooby-Doo and the characters there, like, spot on. That is worth watching on wherever you can watch on streaming. Yeah. But to see that Supernatural is now wrapping up their long history, I mean, 15 years. Yeah. Especially when it started out just as a small two brothers that were ghost hunting. Right, yeah. Demon hunting and yeah. however you want to find. Yeah. And now how it's... It's right, and I remember they were advertising it heavily during when Smallville was making its run because at the time Smallville was their biggest show they had going, and I remember seeing the previews for it and going, "Ah, eh, it's not really my cup of tea." But to see it's outlasted Smallville, which lasted, you know, it's to see the show has outlasted the WB, which is what the the network was originally called when the show started. Yeah, and then it got changed in the CW. Like to see it outlast the WB and now be on the CW, it's just wild to see. This is absolutely crazy to see. I mean, just how they're going to end this story too. I have no. Yeah. idea idea yeah it's going to be a moment in television history though mark my words mm-hmm. is just the fact they got the 300 episodes yeah absolutely crazy and especially our good friend jeffrey dean morgan came back for that episode too mm-hmm. oh, i could go on and on and on about it but i won't but the panel is going to be something if you're a supernatural fan to check yes. out yes and then for sunday too if you're in the cw two riverdale is coming back they're gonna be at mm-hmm. all h and I think they have a spinoff show coming too, and yeah. there's there's a lot going on with that show. Like I am not a huge fan of it. I'm not hating on it. It's not my exactly cup of tea, but it's something that you could check out. It does have a very you know rabid fan base too that really loves yeah. the show. So there's going to be so much there at New York Comic or not New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con rather. A con season is just amazing time of year. Mm-hmm. That if you get the chance to go to a con, it is definitely worthwhile. No matter what your fan base is. 
it has something for everybody. I mean, there's so many other shows and so many other comics we didn't even get a chance to dig into. Comic-con.org for all your San Diego Comic-Con information. They break down all the panels that are going to be going on. You have to follow them on social media, too, because they're going to be starting breaking all the news that's coming out of there, too, as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much stuff that we're even hearing. Like, I was even catching, but I didn't get enough to really discuss. The Watchmen, yeah. the show, is going to be doing something at Petco Park. Mm-hmm, where the San Diego Padres play. Right. So HBO is supposed to be rumored to be doing something there. Uh, I know Marvel did something with Cloak and Dagger there a while ago. I believe it was a big watch party for an episode. So, I mean, just overall, though, Pat, let me ask you this. Hearing everything coming on to San Diego Comic-Con this year, mm-hmm. what's jumping on at you? Like, what's your one panel? Like, if I can't miss anything, I've got this circled. I'll say, for me, it's it's got to be Batman Beyond just because, like, I love Batman the Animated Series growing up, and I love Superman the Animated Series and Justice League and everything like that. But just Batman Beyond was something so entirely different than what I had seen. I was used to kind of the the noir-style Batman the Animated Series where it's set, it looks like it's set in the 20s, and then you got, you know, Superman the Animated Series, which looks like it's maybe set in the 50s or something like that, and then Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and all that, but just Batman Beyond was something so different that as, as someone who wasn't real big into comics at the time, I was not used to it and I had never seen it and just, wait, Batman's like old and needs a cane and has a dog that helps him now? What? You know, Batman can fly around and he's got rockets on the bottom of his suit? What? Yeah. That is going to be an exciting panel too. For me, I, I can't stress enough Marvel Studios Hall H. Where they go from here, because this is going to be an interesting panel for the information you're going to hear. Mm -hmm. Avengers Endgame was such a huge, monumental moment, whether you love the movie or hate the movie. That I mean, Spider-Man Far From Home just came out in theaters, going to clear a billion dollars, I hear. Mm -hmm. So everybody that's worried about the rights going back to Sony or whatever that is, calm down. First time it'll hit a billion. (laughs) Yeah, first time they're going to hit a billion. And obviously, it was a great film. We thought it was. I know some yeah. people. I know I, I've heard some online chatter and some other podcasts kind of really dig into it a little bit. And I understand their points, but for me, it definitely bookended the Marvel universe in that phase and where they're going to go from here. Obviously, a lot of speculation, and I think that the panel they're going to do at Hall H is going to have a lot of news for the direction and the feel of the MCU moving forward. Because like, they're in a position they really, you think about it, haven't been in since 2008. Right. When they really got started. Right. I where, mean, where, okay, they've got stuff planned, but we don't know where they're going. Right, because we have an idea. Like I said, we think they're going to be talking about Black Panther 2 and Doctor Strange 2. I'm not doubting maybe a Captain Marvel 2 announcement. Yeah. I mean, they have so many open-ended ideas they can run with, and then are we going to see another Avengers film and bring everybody together? Right. I think we're jumping the gun a little bit with it, but you might hear something, especially now that they have the Fox properties to play with, mm-hmm. and especially... I'm still thinking that you might hear something about Namor the Submariner. Right. Somewhere in that mix. Like, I know, yeah, I don't yeah. know the legality, but I think that there was that little Easter egg in Endgame that still is, I think some people slept on a little bit, but I think it's got some big, big issues coming down the road, too. Overall, though, like, I can't stress enough. If you're not on your social media accounts for your favorite company, comic company, TV company, movie company, and you're not on there following San Diego Comic-Con, you need to get on there and follow comic-con.org that's where we got our information up we gave you a ton to digest folks but hit us up on that social media hashtag odph join in the conversation what are you most excited for hearing everything that came out from san diego comic-con did we miss a panel that you're like no you need to talk about this and i want to talk about it with you we definitely want to have that interaction with you we are going to take a quick break we'll be right back The ODPH is proud sponsors of Robocon 2019, happening September 28th and 29th. 
Don't miss out on Binghamton, New York's biggest sci-fi, fantasy, and gaming convention of the year. For badge details and more info, check out robercon.org. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the San Diego Comic-Con Preview edition of the ODPH podcast. Pad, do we have any one-shots we want to talk about? I'll say I do, and it's going to be about a Marvel property that won't be, at least to my knowledge, at San Diego Comic-Con this weekend, surprising as that might seem. Uh, of course, as some of you may know, last year uh, Marvel put out a really good podcast titled Wolverine the Long Night. It's all it's in the style of maybe an old radio drama, if you've ever heard those or you grew up listening to those. And it was an original story written and produced in, in a podcast form, and it's been turned into a comic series that they've been putting out. Well, well, season two was announced way back when uh, as Wolverine, the lost trail to, of course, following up with the events of season one and kind of falling off from there. I won't go into details because if you haven't listened to season one, season one's available on any podcasting platforms you listen to. It's 10 episodes. So, Great listen. It's really good. Really well, well done and well produced. Uh, episode one mysteriously dropped. I want to say it was like back in May or something like that. So I'm like, awesome, cool. You know, going to be able to get season two listen to season two and then radio silence for months and months and months so well now uh, a couple weeks ago episode two finally dropped of course i had to go back and listen to episode one because well it had been a hot minute uh they just released episode three this week no telling how long this season is going to go but like i said just released episode three uh i will little teaser little sweat little hint uh gambit shows up in this season so you know they're dealing with that going on can't recommend it enough go find it and listen to it on whatever podcasting platform you listen to i believe stitcher is the first one it's out on Mm -hmm. under their premium program so definitely check it out though if you if you have the time to listen to it It is a great great radio show yeah i mean definitely it is like that old school radio vibe Mm -hmm. so i mean that's awesome so for my one shots i do have a couple i mean not related to san diego comic-con but either way we're going to dig into quickly agents of shield now i'm not going to go full spoiler on this but Best episode of the season bar thus far. Uh-huh. Lot of stuff happening. Lot of we are now transitioning to the big battle between Izel and Sarge, and the game stakes have now stepped up major. Yeah, a lot of ramifications, but the team is all back together for uh-huh. now. And then a very unique cliffhanger ending that I was tweeting about on OD Parlay Hour. So if you're not following us on Twitter, get on that and definitely interact with us on that. Because there was a big cliffhanger ending where this goes and how this ends. Mm-hmm. We have to wait for the next episode. Darn cliffhangers. Yes. So this is going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But either Especially given the preview they had like two seconds after the, the cliffhanger. Yeah, which there's a ton of questions. Even though I did put my, my theory on Twitter because I don't want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't got a chance to see it. And we've been so busy focusing on what's coming out for San Diego Comic-Con that I didn't really have the time to really type up the notes like I usually do. So I'm just going to tell you this. Trust me. Take my word for it. It's one of the best episodes they've done. Mm -hmm. You definitely need to watch it. Yeah. And definitely where they're going to go from here, anybody's guess. But it was so well done. But there are some cliffhanger notes, and you'll have to dig through the Twitter timeline to catch up and see what we're talking about. I'll say the entire second episode really felt like, you know, the climactic battle of a Marvel movie with, like, the stakes being high and kind of like that that anticipation and anxiety of, like, what the heck's going to happen going on. Oh, fully fully so definitely check it out where you can check streaming on abc it's definitely worth a watch agents of shield especially leading in right to san diego comic-con because mm-hmm. that panel is going to be absolutely wild to be yep. at. it's gonna be a good time 
And DC Comics, speaking of a little comic news, mm-hmm. uh, they're actually going to be doing a Tales of the Dark from the Dark Multiverse. Ooh. And it's going to be some retellings of some classic DC storylines. Hmm. So it's going to be a unique kind of prestige format type deal that they're going to be retelling some of the you know big stories like Nightfall and uh, the Judas Contract, I believe, from Teen oh, Titans. So ooh, okay. they're going to be doing some different stuff in that. So definitely go to your local comic book shops, pick up an issue, ask your local dealers about it. They'll be more than happy to talk to you at some shop about that. Oh, I think I also saw something. Uh, Death, of the, Death of Superman's going to be in there, too. Yep, Death of Superman's going to be one of the storylines. I'm holding Pat up the picture of Nightfall. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so you can definitely go on the uh, DC Comics on Twitter. They'll be more than happy to talk about that, you know, and interact and just give your opinion about that because there's so much good going on with that. And to close out this show, we have to kind of hype up some of our favorite bands that have swung through the podcast. We're going to be playing this weekend if you're in the 607 area. Fair City Fire is on tour from Texas. They're going to be up here playing at Ransom Steel Tavern. And Shout at the Robots and Floodlands are going to be playing Saturday night as well at Callahan's. We have the information on our Facebook page, so if you want to interact with us, as you should, because, hey, we like interacting with you, go to OchoDuralParleyHour.com. The links are on there. Hit up, sign, like, share, rate, review, and definitely have that interaction with us. And we have all the information for the great bands playing music this weekend if you are in the 607. If you're not, we have a music section. You can go download the music and kind of act like you're listening to them live at home, wherever you're listening to the show at. And that's all we got for you for this week. So for Padawan J. Thank you, thank you. I am your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, or better known on social media as hashtag ODPH Podcast. We'll see you next time. Enjoy Comic-Con. Thank you.